Hi there, I'm Tom D'Antoni in the cafe at Artichoke Music 2007 Southeast Powell Boulevard. And it's another OMN Coffee Shop conversation at Artichoke Music. We've got a wild video episode coming up soon with four of the best harmonica players on earth, so look for that. Today, Juliana Tobon is with me. She's the event director at the Old Church Concert Hall. She's worked behind the scenes at some of the more famous and infamous clubs in town, including Dante's and Ohm. Nobody ever talks about the importance of the behind-the-scenes people at music venues, but without them, you would probably have a lousy time there. So, let's meet Juliana Tabon. Juliana, welcome to Cafe Artichoke here at Artichoke Music. Thanks for having me this morning. This is not unusual that we're sitting drinking coffee because we <laughs> do that sometime in our own neighborhood in the Northwest. Yes, we do. Uh, which is always fun. Uh, and um, so I wanted to have you here because I think that the people who work the venues are the most unsung people in, the, in music. <laughs> because without you, it doesn't happen. Right? Right. Yeah. So... Uh, I, I don't mean to embarrass you, but you have been known for many, many years from MySpace days oh dear. as the infamous coat check girl. Yes. <laughs> How did history. that name come about? Um, well, for many years, I was the coat check girl at uh, Dan Reed's club, Ohm. Ohm. And that's kind of how I got my my infamous start, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> And what was so infamous about you? Oh, I don't know if I want to get into that. Um, I don't know. I wrote very frankly and honestly about my misadventures. Oh? I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> you can't leave it at that. Come on. Now everybody's going like, what did she do? You know? Um, well, honestly, what's really funny is it started as an exercise uh, in writing. Yeah? Um, I didn't think anybody would ever read it, and it picked up steam, much to my surprise, and um, people then started writing me privately for advice. Advice? Advice, yeah. On what? <laughs> On the subjects I was writing about. I was writing about sexuality, kink, uh -huh. polyamory. Uh -huh. um, this was years before sex blogs were a dime a dozen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, 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 and it's interesting that they reached out to you. They must have felt something that, that, that you know that you could you, that, that you could give them advice that would be valuable yeah something something about it uh, connected with folks um, somebody way back then referred to me as the female Dan Savage <laughs> is that right <laughs> this was I think in the in his early days too before he was syndicated uh-huh huh. was it fun uh, yeah yeah absolutely well why did you stop Oh, that's a long story. Too much to get into today. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, did you actually check coats? I did. I did. Um, and then when I uh, started working at another venue in town um, where I was behind the scenes helping uh -huh. with music production and stuff um i was asked to once again be the coat check girl <laughs> partly because of the notoriety of the blog ah um, uh-huh just to oh, that makes sense was that dante's uh, that was at dante's uh -huh. and later star yeah 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 huh. got famous for it huh 
Infamous, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not embarrassed about it, are you? Um, no, but looking back at it, I, reading some of that stuff, it feels like I was very young. <laughs> I feel, I feel much older, not much wiser these days. Well, because you were really young. I was. Not, well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> um, so, uh, um, uh, what kind of things do you have to learn when when you do what you, when you do what you do? Um. Oh gosh, I don't even know. I, people keep asking me that. How do, how did I get into this business? And it, I feel like everything else in my life, I just kind of fell into it. Yeah. Um, the the coach at gig at Ohm, for example, mm-hmm. um, and the Portland music scene has always been pretty small it's kind of who you know and that's kind of how I fell into the gig at Dante's uh-huh. and it just kind of grew um I I feel like I almost bullied my way into that job a little bit um I kind of marched in and told the owner I told Frank that I was going to be his new assistant and really <laughs> <laughs> um and I was there for eight and a half years and wow though people still uh think of me and have referred to me as oh yeah you're the coach at girl at Dante's uh-huh. um I was actually doing booking there I uh-huh. was doing ticketing I was doing production um all kinds of stuff but sort of what you're referring to the the unsung heroes I was doing all this stuff behind the scenes but people still just assumed I was the coach at girl well, because it's a great name <laughs> it's just a great name. It really is. You can't, I mean, it's unforgettable. And guess what? People have never forgotten. <laughs> Sometimes to my chagrin. <laughs> oh, come on. You know, it's, it's, it's actually pretty nice, I think, to be remembered for anything. I suppose so. For anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now you're at the old church. Yes, I'm the event director at the old church concert hall. That, must, that sounds like a really interesting gig. It is. Um, the old church is a nonprofit. Yeah. Uh, which means everybody there wears many hats. Uh huh. Um, we have a core group. Um, it's all women. Our executive director, Amanda uh-huh. Stark. Uh, director, Who has been on this podcast. Yes. Um, our uh, director of operations, Gina Paroli. Our talent buyer. How have I missed Gina? Booking. I don't know how I've missed Gina. I getting on this podcast because we'll she's have to get her on here. Yeah, because she's terrific. Uh, but yeah, our uh, director of booking Emily Overstreet, and then how our... have I missed her on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get I'll get everybody before I'm before I'm finished. <laughs> I I would love to have them yeah. all on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, what do well, you do every day? Oh gosh. Um, well, because we are such a small operation, I mean, I'm essentially a house manager. Uh-huh. So I run everything from, I do everything from the shopping for hospitality, setting up the green room, uh, run production on all the shows. I do all the advancing. Um, I also oversee our concessions, our bar uh-huh. and the door. And sometimes I do all of those things. Wherever the line's longest, I kind of jump in and help. So, wow. so you, you've had to learn gear. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I, I can at least set up a microphone and turn it on. <laughs> Not much beyond that, but. Well, you got to know what a you know what a working backline is. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, you do, right? I do. Well, come on now. Don't be, <laughs> don't be modest. <laughs> um, uh, and, and how long have you been there? A year and a half. Wow. Wow. That's really become something special, that place. It is. I feel really, um, really lucky to be there. I was brought in um, shortly after Emily Overstreet was hired as the talent buyer. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the reasons they brought us both on was uh, as part of this big push to really put us on the map as a competitive music venue. Yeah. Uh, for a long time, the old church was kind of a sleepy little place. It yeah. was more... Yeah. Um, classical and jazz yeah and the crowd skewed older mm -hmm. um and we count on community support it's a nonprofit, so uh we wanted to figure out a way to get younger folks in there and sort of let more people know what we're doing there mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and emily's really done a great job expanding the program um we do a lot more shows in-house now we produce uh, uh -huh. the majority well maybe like three quarters of our shows yeah. i would say yeah are uh, produced in-house now uh -huh. Uh -huh. but you're still working with the jazz festival we are yeah, yeah there are a lot of longtime renters that are still there pdx jazz um yeah chamber music northwest friends of chamber music a lot of those groups yeah. are still there and during the holidays you had michael allen harrison right <laughs> yes we're in the midst of that holiday marathon as we currently. record yes yeah. <laughs> as uh, do the crowds behave differently during the holiday season they do uh tensions <laughs> run a little higher <laughs> like how um are they more demanding I don't know if I would say demanding, um, but I would say tempers are definitely a little shorter. <laughs> well, that's not supposed to be what the holidays are about. I know, but that's what happens. <laughs> people are supposed to be nicer. No, generally people Portland are. Portland can be ass backwards. You know that? Yeah. <laughs> no, generally people are are nice, but yeah. you get the occasional person. I just had to throw somebody out the other day. You did? I did. What did they do? Um, well, they came in without a ticket and oh. we're just generally making folks uncomfortable so i mean i just very politely escorted him out as he uh muttered a string of epithets under his breath jeez <laughs> jeez don't, don't don't you have a bouncer are you the, are you the bouncer i essentially am i am everything <laughs> um i had to clean up a protein spill as somebody oh no <laughs> oh my god it happens i mean that's that's part of managing a venue yeah when yeah. when anything happens i mean ultimately it falls on me to take care of it yeah yeah uh. <laughs> so are you strong enough to handle it to, to, to handle absolutely bouncer job? Okay. that's what i thought absolutely I'm, I'm, I, I had all the confidence in the world that you would be the person for that job <laughs> i'm unperturbable yeah Unless pushed. I, I don't know. I, I managed to keep a pretty pretty calm demeanor. Okay. Regardless of what's going on underneath the surface. <laughs> ah, that's, that's the secret. Huh? It is. It yeah. is. <laughs> how, did you, how, did you, how do you develop that? Can I, could you teach it to me? Because I've never <laughs> been able to, 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 to hold my temper pretty much. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. Huh. Did you learn that from your family? Maybe. Yeah. 
Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Just having a completely neutral facade has always uh-huh. been kind of... Huh. I think I I just kind of observe people. Uh huh. And keep a neutral, neutral exterior. <laughs> kind of a Margaret Mead of the music industry. Sure. <laughs> Are you originally from Colombia, right? I am. Yeah. Yeah. When did you come to the United States? Um, I've spent time here since uh, 1984. Wow. Uh, off and on. That's when I uh, received my residency. So I've spent time here off and on since then. But I moved here when I was 15. Wow. Wow. Huh. To Portland? Uh, no, to a small hamlet in southern Oregon called Myrtle Creek. Myrtle Creek. Myrtle Creek. Oregon. I used to go out with her. <laughs> Myrtle. I remember Myrtle very well. She was. She used to like to, to wear housecoats. Uh, <laughs> housecoats. People still have housecoats? I don't know. Only grandmas have housecoats, but they're my age. <laughs> no, I think it, I think that's in a deep dark past. My grandmother wore housecoats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you have any, any any trouble adapting to the language? Well, I learned to speak English when I was about six years old. Oh, there you go. Um, complete immersion. So I was fluent in about two months. Wow. Uh, you sort of lose the, the neuroplasticity necessary to have full language acquisition mm-hmm. uh, between the ages of eight and ten. Uh-huh. So I got in before that. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I had a, I, I used to have a friend who was the love witch of South America. Oh. She was from Honduras, and she had columns in all the newspapers in, in South America, she was the gay Darlene Bidar, the love witch. Oh, wow. And she was one of those people who, when she spoke Spanish, she spoke Spanish without an, an quote-unquote accent. And when she spoke English, she spoke English without a quote-unquote accent. She was fabulous. Oh, my <laughs> God, she was fabulous. And then she, she married a warlock. Saul. Huh. Saul the warlock. Saul the warlock. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like quite the couple. Uh, yes, yeah. She she would do. Um, uh, she oh she had many had lots of books too. She would do. She had books on body readings. She would like read your body like people read palms, you know. <laughs> it's interesting. interesting. I do a little bit of that. That yeah, whole yeah. observing people. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes I have to consciously stop myself from doing it because I will take in everything from a person's body language uh-huh. to their speech patterns. Um, speaking of English as a second language, like I'm, I'm very aware of speech patterns, syntax, things like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's yeah. one of the, yeah. one of the hazards of uh, having to learn another language is you have to learn by context sometimes. Oh, what do you mean? Um, well, when you're learning a second language by immersion, you, the, you not only have vocabulary acquisition, but then in order to learn via context, you just, I've, I've read studies where you observe people more closely than you might otherwise if it's your native language, just to, to glean uh-huh. meaning through uh-huh. context. Huh, wow, that's interesting. I did a TV piece on her one time, and we had a, the talent on the, on the, on, on the show uh, everybody hated because he was a, just a jerk. Right? He was just a jerk. He was full of himself. He's one of those, one of those typical TV guys. He was just an asshole, right? 
and I, I, <laughs> I used him on a story on her, and she did a body reading on him, and he was humiliated, and we all loved it. <laughs> just we all loved it. She made him, she made him open his shirt, and pant like a train. <laughs> My goodness, that sounds salacious. <laughs> it was well. It, it was. Um, I'm sure. I'm, I, I'm guessing he liked it. On the other hand, I don't think he really did like it. I think he was. I think he was had mixed feelings about it. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> uh, he did it on television. Right. You know. <laughs> but um, uh, but you know, uh, uh, to hear you talk about that. Uh, it really illustrates something about when people go to clubs. And they, they, they and they, they and there are people there who who are working, and they don't they don't I think they really don't think that there's depth to those people. They seem to be, you know. I think people think that they're, you know, like a vending machine for them. <laughs> you know, you, do you ever find that? Uh, sometimes in the way I get treated, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think for the most part, people are pretty grateful and. Um, I also, my approach to this job, if I'm doing my job perfectly, I am invisible. Uh-huh. If I am taking care of everything that needs to be taken care of, it just happens. Uh -huh. I want it to be transparent. I want it to be seamless. Um, it's... It stings a little bit when somebody says, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard you've worked the door at a bunch of clubs. It's <laughs> like, ouch. Um, <laughs> when really I've been in charge of so many things to yeah. create those shows. But at the same time, I, I do feel that if I'm doing it correctly, yeah, things just happen and uh -huh. people don't realize how much work goes into making those things happen. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Were you at Dante's when Storm was doing those those shows there? No, that was a little before my tenure there. Okay, okay, but you were at at uh, Om when uh, when uh, Dahlia was there. Yes, in fact, for uh, the start of that, I was in a spoken word project called really? Casa Novella, and we used huh. to open the night. Wow, I never saw that. <laughs> I mean, I was there lots of times for for Dahlia, but I guess. I didn't. I, I said later on. I, I I didn't see that. No, it was a brief stint right at the beginning, the first couple months. Uh huh. And what would you read? Um, some original stuff uh, written by my bandmate Josh Lubin. Mm hmm. Um, and some other stuff. We we had multiple languages. I did spoken word in Spanish. Uh, we had um, our friend Vadim, who would read lovely, lovely pieces in Russian. Wow. So we had sort of a multilingual, huh. acid jazzy huh. kind of yeah. spoken word thing. Yeah, Dark and Dusty is kind of like that in a way. You know, do you know her? Uh, not familiar. Oh, okay, no. she's a Ukrainian. Well, no, I think she's from Chicago, but she's yeah. Ukrainian here. We're friends on Facebook. And, she's, and she sings in <laughs> Ukrainian. Oh, wow. Anyway, uh, anyway, so uh, those those nights, those Dahlia nights mm -hmm. at Ohm are, were spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, they were really something special. Absolutely spectacular. Was I, I may have been the only person in there that wasn't doing ecstasy. <laughs> that makes two of us. <laughs> and there was a, an oxygen bar. Yeah, I remember the oxygen bar. <laughs> Whatever happened to oxygen bars? I, I've wondered that a few times myself. I don't know. They disappeared as quickly as they appeared. <laughs> funny. That's funny. Um, I had Jen, speaking of Dahlia, I had Jen Folker in here, and she was wonderful. Oh, lovely. Yeah, especially yeah. since she came back to town. And yeah. 
people expect her to do what she was doing back then, and she's doing completely the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you, do you miss performing? Um, maybe a little bit, but honestly, I get terrible stage fright. Oh. And I kind of black out. So I, oh I sort of remember the moment I walk up on stage, and wow. then the moment I get off stage, and <laughs> the, the time in between is kind of a blur. Wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. But again, it's that facade. People are like, you look so relaxed up there on stage. Yeah. Like, I have no recollection of anything that happened up there. What? Did you record any of those? Yes. And then, so um, did you go back and listen and, and find out what you did? Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, but this, I might be dating myself, but a lot of it is on DAT. <laughs> yeah, well, DAT was fabulous. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, it was you know. I mean, there's a time for everything, you know, and that was a time for dad. That's that's amazing. Huh. 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 Um, you going to do it again? Um, highly unlikely. Oh, geez. Well, the, the people who were there, I bet would 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 rem I'm sure they remember, <laughs> you know, and, and a few might. Yeah. 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 We did a couple of other things. I mean, we were invited to perform at PICA that year. Uh huh. Um, I guess that would have been in the in 2000. Yeah. Um, and on KPSU, uh -huh. a couple of other things. But, yeah. I think people should see you perform. <laughs> I do. Actually, I think you gave me my, my one and only ever uh, show announcement in print. Really? You did. Uh, I joked myself into a show when I didn't even have a band or a project <laughs> um, and had to quickly come, come up with something. <laughs> uh, I enlisted Keith Schreiner of Dahlia. I yeah. called him up, said, hey, what are you doing on this date? Nothing. Why? Because like, we have a show, maybe, please. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, did, we ended up doing a little show at uh, Press Club. The press, club. the press club. Oh yeah. man, I used to like that place. Yeah, yeah. Great place. yeah. The only place with print. Yeah. The walls were covered with magazines. Not covered, but the the, the 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 they had lots of magazines there. Yeah, it was a great little yeah. little spot. Yeah. <laughs> the dying breath of print exactly. in a club. What? So what did you do? Um, I read some of my own pieces with uh -huh. Keith. Doing what Keith does, yeah. amazing beats and yeah, yeah. oral landscapes. And, and I wrote about it? You did. Jeez, there's a preview? <laughs> it was. Uh, it was in the Oregonian? The, uh, I can't remember if it was in the Oregonian. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Alex Steiniger called me and said, oh, hey, did yeah. you see this? <laughs> and I had no idea. He's like, did you send something out? And I was like, no, did you? <laughs> I don't know how this <laughs> happened. <laughs> Alex is great. We've had him on in here too oh, a couple of times. And, yeah, uh, he's, he's a big name in the local music scene. He's terrific. He, matter of he fact, he was lot. one of the reasons that we that I started Oregon Music News. Way back then. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. he's been influential. So when was this? <laughs> oh. Because if it was after two thousand nine, it was an Oregon Music News. But it was it was before two thousand nine, then it was must have been the Oregonian. I guess it must have been. It would have been, huh. I don't know, 2006? Well, the Oregonian was like still that. was still happening then. <laughs> you have opinions, I can well, tell. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's not a factor anymore, but, you know. Right. Um, uh, well, that, that, geez, 
I, I guess I didn't come to I didn't come to the show, did I? Because I would have remembered it. I don't think so. But no. yeah, the place was packed. And uh, wow, that's nice. I remember the the owner telling me he's like, I've never seen that many people in here, and I had no idea ah. where they all came from. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry you stopped doing it. I don't know. There's a time for everything. I'm. Uh, I think. At this point, I'm focusing more on writing or getting back to writing. Is that right? I am, yeah. Well, everybody loves your Facebook posts. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> well, that's true, though. It is true. Well, thank you. Thanks you're for you're prolific, so. and they're always, always, always interesting to read. Sometimes they're fun. Sometimes they're sexy. Sometimes they're, they're just, you know, what, what, what you've been doing. But they're always interesting. Well, thank you. I, I try to be informative more so than anything. Yeah, yeah. So people can find you on Facebook. They can. <laughs> Uh, I, I keep a lot of stuff private. That I was a, a grimace, of, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, well, some of it is because I do have uh, this job at yeah. TOC, yeah. and yeah. you know, there's a board to think about, and so I try to keep some of that stuff right a little separate. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. starting to lower some of those barriers, uh -huh. and I guess be a little more out about my. Uh, uh -huh my passions and uh, the stuff that I want to write about and teach about. Uh -huh. Well, they're always interesting. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear that. I'd love to hear that. I would love to hear an, an evening of you reading your Facebook posts live. Oh, goodness. Yeah. If anybody wants that. <laughs> oh, I think they do. I think they do. I think you'd be really popular. Well, thanks. I've got a couple yeah. of things in the works. I'm talking to a couple of people about doing... Um, a couple nights here, sort of educational, sort uh -huh. of a adult uh -huh. sex ed, which I think is really important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just think that, that it's important that people be nice to people who work in clubs. Well, thank you. I, I agree with you. We, we work really hard, and like I said, a lot of times we're kind of invisible, and some of that is by design, by choice. Um, but, yeah, be nice to folks. We're working really hard back there to, to make – these evenings and these events happen and you know the person is running around behind the bar or the person usually me at TOC is running around from yeah. from yeah. door to backstage to to bar we're working really hard we love to do it you know I think there's a book of your experiences <laughs> in these clubs Changing the names to protect the guilty. That's right. Um, <laughs> you can change your own name. You don't even have to write it under your own name. You know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it's it's a lot of fun though. I mean, I, I've I've tried a few times to get a a straight nine to five job, and I just uh -huh. keep coming back to music production. I love it. I love the people. I love the the atmosphere. Even a little bit of the chaos mm -hmm. of it. Um, in the last two years, I've been working on these music cruises. They sound pretty wild. Uh, yeah. It's um. There are these chartered music cruises. It's a company, production company called On the Blue. Mm -hmm. And um, at this point, there are four cruises a year that I know of. And I've been fortunate that uh, I get asked to come back and that uh, my boss at the old church yeah. lets me go. Yeah, yeah. Um, because there are several weeks at a time. This year, I was gone the entire month of February. Wow. Um, sailing on the Caribbean. What a great. nice month to get out of Portland. Exactly. I found out that it was snowing here while sitting on the beach in Haiti. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
but yeah, the reason I keep going back, it's really hard work. It's 16, 17 hour days. Really? Yeah. What do you do? Um, on those, I work in artist hospitality. Uh-huh. So I haul coolers all day long up and down the decks of these huge ships. Coolers of? Uh, sodas, waters. Beer, wine, and liquor? Beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, again, it's like working craft services. Everybody yeah. loves you because you have all the fun stuff. You have all the liquor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, it's a lot of work, but it's so much fun. And a lot of it is because of the crew that makes it all happen. Uh-huh. You know, we work really uh-huh. hard. We also have a lot of fun. Part of it may be delirium <laughs> from lack of sleep. But <laughs> Are you going out this year? I mean, next year? Uh, I am. I If they have me back, I already got the okay from my boss. So, oh, boy. Yeah. Wow. Do you, does the cruise go to the same place every year? Uh, they try to change it up a little bit. Uh-huh. I mean, I've, so far I've been to Haiti, Belize, Mexico, Jamaica. I mean, I say been to. I've been <laughs> docked there. <laughs> but you don't get to get off the boat? Occasionally. Yeah. But yeah. there are events usually going on on the ship still while they're docked. So <laughs> lots of work to be done. Wow. Well, listen, I hope uh, I hope we've uh, given people a little bit a little bit of an insight anyway <laughs> in, in, into um, uh, treating your people, treating the people at clubs better than you did before. And uh, thanks for coming in. Yeah, it's always nice to see you. Me. Thanks. Likewise.